Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash genre. Over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, or Kindle. That's audibletrial.com forward slash G-E-N-R-E. Weirdo bookworms unite! We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Fans of horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and more can stop by as we chat about what we've been reading. Welcome to Horror Night at Genre Junkies! So joining me tonight is, of course, Scott. Hello, everybody. I'm Sandra. And we have a very special guest in the studio tonight. Jen's back! Yay! Yay. So we haven't seen Jen (laughs) (laughs) on the podcast in a minute um, since October, but she's been around. We, you know, still keep up our regular book club, our horror movie nights. And so she is here for Horror Nights. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you here tonight to talk about a book that I've been looking forward to reading for a while now. And I think a lot of people have already read. And it is Hex. By Thomas Olda Halvold. And I'm so sorry. I'm trying so hard to pronounce his name. Thank you for the applause. <laughs> We're just going to call him Thomas so we don't offend. Or Tom. Or Tom. Thomas or Tom so we don't Old off- Tom. Old Tom. Which actually, <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. Old Tom. Any of those. Because his last name actually translates to Old Hill, which I thought was super cool. But we don't want to offend anybody by like totally butchering his name all night. So this is a book about a witch. We all like witches. We're witch fans. We, we like witches. I, I love, like witches. The, love the supernatural. And we just found out this week that the newest season of American Horror Story is going to be a coven murder house crossover. Which we thought we'd have to wait a whole nother year for. Right. But they're bringing it to us early. This is the most exciting news for me. Yeah. Like ever. Really? Well, in a while. There, <laughs> because- there are two favorite seasons of American Horror Story. Well, yeah. Coven and Murder House. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so my theory, just to float a little theory, is that um, maybe like an L.A.-based coven with some of the characters from the established coven uh, season is going to like move into the murder house to like study it and set up their base there. And then we'll meet some spirits from Murder House. That's kind of what I think is going to yeah, happen. Because I feel like we never even like reached the full depth. Of murder house yeah. with the murder house. Absolutely. And we still have the Antichrist, you know, yeah. floating around out yeah. there. He's lingering. <laughs> yeah, and he's in LA, too. I mean, yeah, and it could be in the future. Maybe he's a little bit, well, that was a while ago, but maybe he's a little bit older now, too. Uh, witches is always an awesome subject in books and movies. Um, I love witches. They totally have my heart. Powerful, awesome, usually scary women. Girl power, goodness. So I want to read to you guys. I'm actually going to read the back of the book as the synopsis, because I think this is pretty apt. Whoever is born here is doomed to stay till death. Whoever settles never leaves. Welcome to Black Spring, a seemingly picturesque Hudson Valley town haunted by the Black Rock Witch, a 17th century woman whose eyes and mouth are sewn shut. Muzzled, she walks the streets and enters homes at will. She stands next to children's beds for nights on end. Her eyes may never be opened or the consequences will be too terrible to bear. 
The elders of Black Spring prevent the curse from spreading with high-tech surveillance. Frustrated by the lockdown, the town's teenagers break their strict regulations, and in doing so, send the town spiraling into a depraved practices of the distant past. It's very rare, as you all will know, that we actually read the dust jacket description of the book. That's actually the first I've heard it or read it, and that is perfect. I agree. I think they really nailed it. Like, what the story of the book is going for, there's nothing spoilerific about it. It's just pretty succinct. So speaking of spoilers, um, just wanted to give a little disclaimer here. There is some stuff that's going to be pretty triggering for some folks in this book. We're going to give trigger warnings at the start of the spoiler section after the break. So if you've read the whole book, you know, you just listen through the spoiler section. If you want to hear what those trigger warnings are, we'll say them at the beginning of the spoiler section, then warn you to cut off if you want to proceed without spoilers. Sound good? Yep. That sounds great. Okay. <laughs> um. So I was going to start with our guest first. <laughs> Oh, yay. Jen, <laughs> give me some initial thoughts and your genre junkies experience score for Hex. Um, I enjoyed this book. Um, when I think of a good horror novel, I want to think of something that is very um, it has to play out cinematically in my mind yes. when I read it. Yeah, and this one did, and good. it was it was. It was great because he he didn't go into like super detail with a lot of this stuff, but it, it it played really well until I got to like the last twenty to twenty five percent. Okay, and okay. then it got a little wonky for me, but um, yeah. So I would put I would put it at a page turner. Okay, um, okay. It wasn't a, an obsession, mostly because the the last bit. And uh, it's when you started slowing your pages a little, it it did it like because I was like, okay, where are we going with this? Like, like it's hitting the fan, Mm -hmm. and you'll see. That's a big part of a lot of horror novels, is um, and movies is kind of those last acts. Mm -hmm. Um, how about you, Scott? Tell me your experience score and your general impressions. Well, first of all, my experience score was definitely page turner, although Mm -hmm. this book was a very different experience for me because I read and I use air quotes (laughs) half of this book as an audio book and half of it in text. Oh, Oh, wait, Scott, where can people get this as an audio book? On audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash genre, you can get your free book and free 30 day trial. Yay. Sorry. Little plug. Yeah. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this one was a little bit different because of that. Um, I will say the audiobook portion of this book, I did not love the narration of the book, but the book itself is such a great story and the characters are really strong and, and I just could not stop listening. And then finally, when I gave up on the audiobook, I could not stop turning the pages on the rest of the book. Ooh, that's really good. I think we all kind of had a very similar experience with this book, because for me, it was also a page turner. Um, solid page turner. Uh, I found this book so original. Disturbing imagery. Very cinematic. I totally agree on that. And surprisingly funny. And like yeah. deliberately funny, yeah. not like you're laughing at his perceived horror or weird writing. Like actually laugh out loud, like 
moments. Yeah, I think that's like the great thing when you like interject like kind of like the youthfulness and like the modernization of things. That's perfect. And that kind of segues into his writing style yeah. in general, because I found it um current relevant yeah fun but without feeling like if you're gonna read this book in the future it'll feel so dated yeah yeah i actually think that this book will not age well oh okay i could see that i could see see because a lot of the um there's some like kind of blog post style entries i feel like those are gonna hold up a lot more than some other books i've read that kind of have a little bit of a mixed media feel but there's some references in the book that i found very funny as a child of the 80s 90s well yeah okay but a child born in the 80s there were there were things that i found very funny but yeah they already were dated and this book mm-hmm. takes place in 2012 right i mean there are windows xp jokes <laughs> and i laughed hysterically but okay fair fair i i don't think that that's going to age very well and even five years but see i'm not like as tech savvy as you and yeah, so that didn't I, bother I, me i didn't i can't say that i got a windows xp joke <laughs> uh, in there so for some of us it's gonna glaze over and some and for others of I you i guess it just depends yeah. on your tech level <laughs> for your tech experience level here um now i love very descriptive books but i do think sometimes a horror book mm. can benefit from being sparse yeah, I think there's like, there is this like weird hap, like this book made me super happy for a long period of it because yeah. it was like this beautiful happy medium where I didn't feel like I was reading like pages upon pages of description, but I could picture everything vividly. Yes. It was just like he chose exactly the right words to like describe what people were feeling or doing or like whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And like that is exactly what you need to like immerse people like because like a really great horror book, you almost have to like engage people in almost a cinematic horror experience in their mind. Oh, yeah. You have to completely let the movie play out in their head. Yeah, yeah. Because so, most horror book fans, I'm sure, are horror movie fans, so they know what that should feel like. Yeah, so it's creating this feeling without, like, getting too deep into descriptors. And he did a really great job of that, of, like, creating this world without, like, I didn't feel like I was reading pages of, like, this foggy town on the banks of the Hudson. <laughs> like almost too much. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Cause I was like, I got it. Like I got the, the gist of yeah, it without having to read all of those passages. How about you, Scott? Cause you're really big on not too much descriptions. Where did this fall for you? I actually thought the description level was really good on this. Yeah. Uh, so you agree. Yeah. 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 There's not as much description as if, as far as the setting and things yeah, like yeah. that. There's a lot more description as far as what the characters are thinking and feeling, which is yeah. what I really do like to read. Yeah. Right. It's more character driven than plot driven, I guess. Yeah. But I have a question because my experience was sort of half and half. I felt like the book really did feel like two different books in the be- in the first half and the second half. It, it would, oh, would you agree uh, with that experience? I would. Um, I chopped yeah. it up to a slow burn, but I guess it's going to be up to your interpretation. So something interesting that I read that, you know, this is an adaptation of a Dutch book. Correct. He's a Dutch author. It, he, But it's a different. It's different. Yes. He, he completely changes. changed his ending. Yeah. From what happened in our book 
to what happened in their book. And I felt like you could feel it. Yeah. Um, Because in our book, I was just like a little bit WTF with a lot of things. And it just didn't feel quite right. And Uh it like kind of brought me into this whole other realm of things that I didn't want to go to. Mm -hmm. But... Like, I, I mean, I haven't read the Dutch version. Obviously, I don't speak the language. <laughs> same. No one in this room does. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but I'm like, I'm thinking it might have been something more along the lines of what would have been expected. Scott, did you not read his afterward? You look shocked. I did not read his afterward. But I felt like the first half of the book was really more fun than it was horrifying. It was kind of all about the... Uh, you know, it's, kind of like ghost hunting, yeah. and and it was exciting, and there was a lot of really fun history, and it was, it was kind of kind of a a total the setup of it. That first half was a lot more fun, and then things started to get different, mm-hmm. and started to turn more into a psychological th- horror. Oh, absolutely, and I think oh, yeah. we're going to get more into that in the spoilers. But I guess that's a fair thing to let people know if you haven't read this book. There's going to be some tonal changes, and you're either going to roll with that or not roll with that. But that's clearly how he wrote it. Um, I want to talk about characters a little bit. So uh, we mostly follow the Grant family. Uh, Father Steve, Mother Jocelyn, and then we have two boys, uh, Tyler and Max. And a dog, Fletcher. Always like to have a dog in there. Uh, what was your guys' general perception of the Grant family, and I'd like to again start with you, Jen. Even though your child is a toddler, <laughs> you do have a husband and a kind of this family family <laughs> life. So, what did you think of these guys? And they're two working professionals too. Yeah, no, it was um, it was interesting because I liked that they didn't give a ton of detail on like how they got like roped into being into this particular community because. They weren't born in like right, a lot they were of outsiders. Yeah, yeah, like and you you kind of you get into that later in the book, and you never really find out like it was his job, but it was like I'm sure he they could have found a house like somewhere else, and <laughs> yeah, so you you don't get the whole story of like why this community like why they were here, but mm-hmm. they did. Yeah, so they got roped into this community because of his job, and then they had. They had one child at the time. Tyler. Yeah. And then she was pushing for the second kid. Yeah. And then, you know, so on and so forth. Um, what do you think of that family dynamic? Did that feel authentic to you? Yeah. No. It's a family lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it did. It did. Especially if, like, she had to give up, like, her career to do something maybe a little lesser for his career to right. be here. And yeah. You know, do that. So it felt authentic. Yeah, I felt like some of the um the just everyday conversation between the family felt very nice. There's um a lot of family dynamic is explored in this book, which I found very fascinating. I had a lot of trouble with the family dynamic and the characters oh. in the first chapter oh, of the book. Okay, okay. It, it didn't put its best foot forward when it presented them. The especially the teenage characters came off as very fake. And very trite to me. Mm-hmm. Now, the book really does redeem that very quickly afterwards, but it mm-hmm. starts off very. Yeah. Yeah. I would actually really agree with Scott. Like, it took me like a beat to get into the into this book. And I'm going to preface this by saying, like, I did not read 
a jacket cover, anything. You just sent me like like, hex by this author. This is what you're reading. Go. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, I'm reading this book. And I was like, I I was like, I knew it was a horror novel. Uh I had no freaking clue what I was getting into. And it it kind of like it straddles this like and I I know he does this on purpose with his setting and stuff like to be like this this town that could be like old yeah. olden times or or modern cur- or modern yeah and you're just like you kind of don't know where you fall for yeah. like the first chapter right and it literally like takes you a minute to kind of like get rolling with it and then it's it kind of like becomes almost a humorous thing the witch becomes like a thing where it's like it's almost funny she's like literally like (laughs) standing in your living room let's put a sheet over her because grandma's here yeah they call her grandma that's in like the first chapter of the book it's true um I kind of like that disorienting feel of how this specter, this curse fits into a family dynamic. Yeah. I will say we all read a lot of YA. Um, I've seen better depictions of teenagers, but I would agree. I feel like those teenagers become more fleshed out as the story yeah. goes on. But at first I was like, I feel like I've read better depictions of a modern teen. Particularly Tyler and his friends and yeah. the, the kids that are his age, they get a lot better as the book goes on yeah. Yeah. to the point where about halfway through the book, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of Stephen King-ish yeah. when it comes to the depiction of these characters. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's really, it doesn't start that way. And, no, and I think yeah. the book it starts really could super light. And then yeah. I feel like it goes darker and darker yes. and darker and darker and darker and then blah, 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 blah. we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, I liked the progression, I will say. So uh, one very important character in this book is a guy named Grimm. He's kind of our lead technician who, you know, kind of from the dust jacket, you can tell they have this whole complicated surveillance system going on around when the witch is spotted. There's an app. Yeah. You check in when you see her. And he's kind of our guy who is on the inside and explains to us as the reader how the tech aspect worked. Um, I really liked Grimm. I thought yeah. he was a fun, funny character, but still serious enough that I took him seriously. Yeah. Grimm's the one character that I think something was lost in translation. Mm. And oh. specifically, and this happens, I think, in the first or the second chapter, when he's talking about a particular woman and other women later on about their large foreheads and she just he oh my god he take, hates large foreheads he can't take a woman seriously if they have a large forehead and i thought okay, that was so funny though okay i i kind of laughed but there's something kind of incongruous with that and that's a big word for me this week apparently right. <laughs> uh there's something different about that and the character that he's portrayed for the rest of the book it's very sexist and womanizing oh but see i found it so funny like i really found it funny that this was this hang up for this character who admits he's like i'm kind of old i'm kind of fat i i've got a lot of problems but um that he had this thing about women's foreheads i found that to be nice and i think um, I'm not a huge fan of horror comedy, but I do like some comedic breaks in my horror. Right. And I found him a refreshing voice at times with that. Yeah, no, he was he was always like for me within like 
it wasn't even like comedic, but he was always like the break. Like, yeah. With like whatever, like the family, like, like the, the, this. the like whatever yeah. is like dark and deep and going it, going down the tunnel of whatever it was. It was like, yeah. then there was like him and it could, it could be dark with him too, Absolutely. but, it, but it was still like, it was, he was operating in sort of a modern day term that like we could relate to. Well, and I think any of us who are working people, he's a wage slave. Yes. Like, and so you kind of relate to these days where you're like, you're at work and you're going through the motions. And it's just hilarious that their workplace, you know, sometimes it's chaotic and it's so weird, like compared to most of us. But he kind of was a little bit of an every person in that sense that he's like, uh, you know, another day, another dollar guy. Yeah. I think he's the stand-in for the audience who, for everyone else yes. in the audience. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of people who really identify with Steve, a lot of people who really identify with Tyler, yeah. and other characters in the book. But for everyone else- There's Grimm. You've got Grimm. <laughs> so through the course of this book, you will get to know our antagonist, Catherine the Witch, a lot better. She's a frightening figure. As it said in the description, the synopsis, her eyes and her mouth are sewn shut, and she kind of just shuffles through town on this loop. Yeah. Uh, without giving too much away, of course, I was very happy with Catherine in this book. How did you guys, what was your temperature on Catherine? Um, for me, for the most part, I really enjoyed her. I feel like she could would have been a little bit stronger at the very end. Okay. Um, just in terms of like who she was and her purpose and all of that. I liked Catherine all right, but a lot of oh. the teeth <laughs> a lot of the teeth of the horror of that character are taken out very early in the book. And she I never found her to be scary or terrifying <gasps> at any point in the book. Oh, okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut that down right there right? for the spoiler section. Um, she's scary. Like if you had to go freaking like a weird eyes shown, mouth shown. She, she's creepy, and the image is good, but she's well, yeah. not scary. The image is well, that's a, well. That that's the thing. If you had a decrepit old woman whose eyes and mouth were sewn shut, yeah. standing in like the corner of your dining room for three days, like would you not be scared? Less. <laughs> I was like, she's just standing there watching she's you. Just chilling, and you never know when she's gonna go. Like you never you, know when she's gonna yeah, come, and you don't know what she's gonna do. No, exactly. Uh, see, I agree. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to it's talk. The, it's the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. If you're intrigued enough to stick with us, you must. Um, but just to kind of cap off this first section with an appeal score, I'll start. Um, I gave this broad appeal. Um, I, I'm not gonna quite go mass, but I think broadly in terms of horror, this is gonna tick a lot of boxes for people. I think that's fair. I, I'd also put it at broad because I'm, it wasn't so scary that it's like gonna like get rid of. Right. Like a lot of people who aren't hardcore horror fans yeah. are, I think they could still get a lot out of this. Yeah. Book. I always like judge it like we do our book club yeah. with Amanda. With Amanda, friend of the show, Amanda, you yes. all know her. You all love her. She, she can't stand horror. She doesn't like horror. But no. it's like, I feel like we knew she could handle this book. Absolutely. And it's like, you can handle you can handle horror. And she's going to get a lot out of it as a non-horror fan. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. There's, there's stuff happening. 
Scott, you look what 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 do you just oh. give us your appeal score? Okay, so the first half of the book was mass appeal. Honestly, oh, I, I, I think okay. the first half of the book okay. would appeal to almost anyone. The second half of the book goes a totally different direction, and and I think broad is a little broad. I, I I'm giving it. <laughs> I'm just like writing the whole book. I'm right, giving it a general appeal. It definitely is greater than just a a, a tight niche. Yeah, but. I, I I can't. I'm not comfortable giving it a broad appeal because of the second half of the book, oh, because that's... that's when it really goes into some pretty serious horror. Oh, I'm very excited to talk about this. Uh, we're gonna have some very strong opinions. Jen is already like, I'm, Different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to sew her mouth shut because she cannot even handle this right now. Thank you guys for joining us for the first half. Come back for the spoilers section, and we'll give you those trigger warnings as well. And definitely read the book. Please. Yes. Enjoying the show? Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at JohnRajunkies. And don't forget to visit the website, JohnRajunkies.com. All right. So as promised, we wanted to include some trigger warnings for those who may be interested to know them. They include suicide sexual assault, domestic violence, and extreme violence against children. Now on to the spoiler section. Okay, so I feel like we've got to let the genie out of the bottle. Jen, how'd you feel about the ending of this book? I really hated the end of this book. You hated it. Um, all right. Hate is a strong word. <laughs> you were not um, happy? You were disappointed? The more that I think about it, I'm like, I felt like he was trying way too hard to create this greater purpose like commentary social commentary yes and then like okay i love horror for what it is and uh, like if it can have you like a lot of horror with a purpose i I like a little horror with a purpose but i but also i love horror for the like visceral visceral like being whore and you can still have that and i felt like he had he had he he hadn't decided throughout this entire book Uh uh-huh and then it was just like all right now now i want to make whore with a purpose right and now it's like now i'm gonna make all this social commentary and it's like no no no, her eyes are open now her eyes are open yeah literally (laughs) and now and now now our eyes are all open as a town and we will see how awful we all are. And that is the true horror. Our humanity. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh. You, you, that just wasn't like, what you were in for. Yeah. Because a lot of the times. I'm like, I want, I just, I want the true horror. I want the supernatural. Well, I want the. with a purpose, you usually know going into it. Like, um, I feel like we talk <laughs> about this all the time. But with uh, Get Out, you yeah. know immediately that is it is established that this is going to be horror with a bigger, you can wonderful have, message. You can have the social commentary, yeah, and you can have it done. But it was it done in such an overwrought way that it was just like. Really? Yeah, it wasn't what you were looking for in the really? story. Really? And then who is this lady now? And it's like she's not even like scary anymore. She's sad. Well, okay, she was never scary. She was always okay. pathetic she was, and yeah, funny. Disturbing. So, 
disturbing. Well, okay, a little bit disturbing. Which but- is fine. If that and if that was the thing, and if that was the thing, the the, the town was the scary thing. The town was not established as scary, though. But yeah, but that was the thing. That's fair. Okay, well, okay. Okay, Scott, go ahead. I, three syllables, love the <laughs> the ending of this book. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It is exactly the ending that I wanted this book to have as I was reading it. Yeah. It's exactly what I was expecting of it. And I don't mean that to say, like, it was overly telegraphed and that I was, you know, not surprised by it or not pleased by it, but... It's exactly what I wanted as uh, as closure for this story. I wanted her to not be the bad guy. She was set up from the beginning as being a tragic character, just like all of the other witches, quote unquote, who yeah. were burned throughout history. Right, which are really so, just strong ass women. For me, like, I was kind of okay. Like, I kind of wanted like this huge evolution for her. Like, I kind of oh. wanted to be like, she's a baddie. And then it'd be like, kind of coming around and be like, maybe she's misunderstood and like coming through this like thing where it's like, oh my God, no, they killed her children just like she killed Ian. And it's, she did try to save the children. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's created this like whole thing and it's like come back around. But then at the very end, and I wanted it to be her being like vengeance. Yeah, vengeance. You, you wanted because, an angry woman. Yeah, because I was like, okay, so it's like I gave you guys the chance mm-hmm. to like see me as me. Yeah, which I feel like she did. I feel like she did too throughout the course of the book. And right. at the end, she was just like crying on a car. <laughs> and I, I was like, at the very end, I was like. No, no, no. And yeah, yeah, she did make everybody drown in the Hudson, except for Mr. Grant. But I was like, still like, she should have come down with them being like, no, 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 no. This is because you guys are terrible people. Like, and this is... Humanity is terrible. Yeah. Right. I I feel like there should have been a bigger, like, it should have been like, she, like, I loved that You wanted she, a monologue at the uh, end for her? No, kind of, <laughs> in a way, because I, like, I, I did see her as a tragic character, too. Definitely, yeah. And I, like, I loved that arc that they were going for at the end, and I was like, oh, I like this, and I like that she's, like, she really just wanted her babies back. She loves children. And especially, like, as a mom, like, I could see that, and mm. then... And then she like was like trying to like get the the townsfolk to like wrap into that, and they yeah. couldn't, and they did their own thing, and like she was just like on the car crying, and it was a thing, and it was like at that point I just wanted her to be just, like screw you all, like you're unworthy of these children, yes. of this life, and like everything, and like demolish it all because like this is the power she had. As the witch and the woman she was. Ooh, I like the way you say that. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do with that one, you milk? You XY chromosome? I, I just, I feel like you would need to have set up stronger that she was a truly, like you would have to, you have had to establish without a doubt that she was a sympathetic character much well, earlier if you're true. going to do that. I mean, it's there when she's carrying around the peacock like it is her own child. Oh my God, but. I broke my heart. No, uh, I Jen know. the rebuttal. No, I got. I do have Finger a re- it wagging I got, in the I, air. I, I, I got. I got a rebuttal on this because this like, is straight up Fox News <laughs> on this episode right now. I love it. Well, no, because like as a mama, as a mama, I could be she's like playing that card. I'm gonna play the mama card. Like 
you know, she had to choose between her, like, little chitlins yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And the whole thing when she, like, what were they the Harmon children or whatever they were that she, like, gave them the onion and the carrot? Yes. And then she, like, and and the whole, like, moment where she she gave them the onion and the carrot and they ate them and, like, like embraced them as, like, her own children. She had, like, yeah. the most blissful look on her face because she had her <sighs> kids back. Yeah. And that's all she wanted. Yeah. That was, like, it for her. Like, literally, she was not, like, a vent. Like, at that moment, you, like, you realize she's not this, like, a vengeful mm-hmm. witch. And yeah. it was, like, it was an interesting thing with the novel. Like, it was a turn you didn't expect it to take because they set it up, like, the Black Rock Witch is the reason we're like this. Yeah. Not because we are the citizens of Black Rock. Yeah. But because of this witch. But I think it is the opposite, is because we have chosen to live in this town, not because she also resides here. Mm -hmm. Because she is showing in that moment that's like, I just want to be here and all I want are my kids. I think it's really beautiful. And um, I mean, all witches, women love witches. We all do. We all call ourselves witches yeah. because a witch is a powerful, strong woman that makes the Judeo-Christian man afraid. Yeah. <laughs> and we love that. Um, I I mean, yeah, they do try to do a little bit of a red herring to you in the first part of this book where they're like, she doesn't just want to be hurt. Yeah. She doesn't just want her story to be told. They tell that to the Delarosas when yeah. they move in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's tough because I actually, I think I fell somewhere in between you guys on the end of this book. Um, I love a good nihilistic, bleak horror ending. I, I think horror should end that way. I love yeah. me a final girl. I love me a, you know, a good, you know, a happy ending in a way. But I like a really bleak horror ending. Well, yeah. And I was happy with this ending. See, I wanted it be, to be, for me, it wasn't bleak enough. Or you wanted a blaze of glory. Like, yeah, either everybody dies. Yeah. Or like, like the person, like they lived. Yeah. Like it would be like Grant and his son, <laughs> or yeah. it would be like nothing. See, I would have hated it if Grant's son did end up coming back to life. And it well, was, yeah. and it was Tyler or Max. Tyler. Yeah. And, and it was just, yeah. you know, Tyler and Steve, and they walk off into the sunset, and th- that would it wouldn't be real. That would no. have been the worst ending for me. And everyone did die. I mean, well, everyone yeah. died. Yeah. Everyone. Steve is basically going to become like the new witch. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah, this that was the whole thing which is a kind of cool gender flip. Like, I yeah. kind of appreciate that actually. Now, in retrospect, I wasn't quite sure when I first finished and closed the book. But um, I like that more the more it sits with me. Yeah, that was a tough one for me, like, as a mama, um, <laughs> to be like, I couldn't imagine, like, having two sons and, like, one is gone and then one is still alive. And then, like, you're literally, like, one is running toward you and you are going to close the door. Oh, And my not, God. like, let them... Like, come with you. That was an intense moment. And that is that type like, of horror. I literally, like, I, I can't even comprehend that. Like, that yes. is still, like, a weird moment for me in this book. That is, um, I think a lot of parents, I would imagine, would have a hard time with that. And um, I took it more as Steve's personality that he needed a win. Yeah. And he's like, but really... 
I feel that Catherine was testing him. She probably and was. he failed. Yeah, <laughs> he failed miserably. In fact, um, a little bit more backtracking to characters. One character I thought was totally interesting and fueled this book a lot was Griselda, the butcher's wife, who is now kind of the new butcher, mother to psychopath boy Jaden. Um, she was very interesting, and I found it compelling how she devoted to Catherine to a religious degree. Scott, I'm going to let you start this one off, because I, I... How did you feel about the religious fervor? Well, I, I can't say that I identified with the religious nature of it's it. It's cultish. It was, it was very much more cultish, and, and yeah, it was, it was more like idolatry than it was like religion. Uh, she really did idolize Catherine. And I thought that, that the way that she was created as truly a sympathetic character, even though she was doing the wrong thing. Griselda? Yeah, Griselda, you know, at the time you thought was she was doing the wrong thing. She actually was doing the right thing until the very end. Yeah. It it I, I really did like the character and I, I never hated the character throughout the yeah. whole book. I, yeah. I really felt for her. She, she made me a, uncomfortable. Yeah. I would agree. Like, I felt like she was kind of like that, like, weird in-between character. You kind of want to go away. Yeah. Like, I was like, why are we still talking about her? Right. It and was just like, it was like, it, and it, like, but she just like never like fully went away. She wants forgiveness for herself and for her son. And her son does things that are arguably in, um, unforgivable. He has so much anger and so much built up from his tragic yeah. home life that he takes it so far with sexually assaulting Catherine. Yeah. And to me, I was already so invested in Catherine. I am so team Catherine that I was like, unforgivable. Absolutely not. And like, you see her struggling in her chains and she stumbled over in pain and she's exposed to these men. They're young men, but they're men. And it's like, there's no redeeming that for me. Yeah. What <laughs> I found a lot of comedic joy and also sympathy in the shopping bag peacock thing. That was oh, so that, weird. That was so like weird and random. It was just like, here's this peacock for you. And don't I you like my, it? Yeah. And I have my bag. And so here, well, here's some pretty feathers for you, Catherine. Yeah. It was like really. <laughs> Like, and she I, starts wearing the feathers. Like she's carrying around yes. this peacock in a plastic bag, wearing yeah. feathers around her skirts. I saw it more as a reusable tote, but I agree. Yeah. Um. Oh, I thought it was so much funnier if it's like just a blue thin plastic bag. <laughs> like, um, it's very interesting and it's very funny, but it is telling about Catherine and who she is and kind of clinging to things. Yeah. Um. I liked some of the flashback stuff and the stories from the town in the past. Which we didn't get a lot of, I could actually. have used more, to be honest. That's the thing. It was like... Um, more historic stuff. You would have expected more from a book like this. Yeah. That there would be more like a, from when Catherine... Catherine's day. Yeah. And then this was my big give with the book mm -hmm. is because... I kind of felt like the very end was like this, the town was reduced to the point where it was yeah. when Catherine, right, at the at the very end of her day. But you, you never got those like intense 
flashbacks throughout. Yeah, right. So, like, you didn't really have a point of reference for it. I agree because um, I appreciated this sort of the town is reverting to this very medieval thing. Yeah, I mean, like they flog like in the 1660s, basically. Right. They flog the teenage boys, which was disgusting Crazy. and appalling. Yeah. Even though I just said Jaden and all of them, they're unforgivable. That's barbaric. But yeah, um, it's just crazy. And you, you know, send them got- to juvie for that <laughs> or not. Do- doodle Town in yeah. our case. Yeah. But I agree that I didn't get that feeling from the town. And then all of a sudden, the town did a 180. Yeah. And reverted. It was like, I wanted to see the slower progression of yes. the town into that. Because I, I, I like, and that was my biggest problem with this book is like, it's like, it's not her. It's the town. Right. The that is town like, is cursed. Yeah. Because it's not her fault. if you are a member of the town, you are cursed. Not that the black, the black rock, rock witch is the, the cursed problem. problem. Yeah. But it's you as a people. And it's like you, you do see like glimmers of it in modern society, but you don't even like get to it. Like, and it, like it, it does slowly dissolve, but it's mm-hmm. like, I felt like this book and I hate, and you know, you know, I hate this. I hate going back and forth between like modern and like historical, historical. I feel like this book could have like really benefited, benefited from that. Wow, that to, means a lot coming to, from you because yeah, you hate multi-perspective really and timeline hate jumping. That. I hate that. <laughs> but I'm like, to see like, this is how people reacted then. This is how they're reacting now. And to be yeah. like, oh my gosh, they are reacting the same way. What was your interpretation of that, Scott? I'm curious. Of what specifically? Uh, how the town did such a quick 180, in our opinion. Like, toward the end. Okay, well, first, I didn't see it as being a 180. I think the book did a pretty good job of setting up the slow deconstruction of their quote-unquote okay. society. Okay. Yeah. I-, I thought it set that up in the second half of the book very strongly that that was kind of where it was going. Okay, okay. I, I have to say I 100% agree. I really could have used an extra 100 pages of what happened in the past. Yeah. Backstory. Because you never saw any of it. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked it probably probably after the um, first three quarters of the book, maybe even after the first half of the book, when, you know, because so th- I really, the first half of the book is right about when uh, the dog dies. Yeah. Oh, Fletcher. Yeah. That was so Fletcher. sad. Yeah. And that's yeah. when kind of things yeah. start. That's like, when everything really changes. That's when it turns yeah. into kind of more of a horror book. Yeah. And, more psychological and sociological horror, yeah. really, than it is supernatural horror, yeah. even. But I think that would have been a really good point to actually cut away from the action yeah. and tell the story of what happened in 38, or tell the story of what happened back in the 1800s. Yeah. To to really kind of create a, a, a simile to what yeah. was coming. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I guess that's what I, I mean by 180, is a more of a parallel Mm-hmm. Of the past meeting the present and how this is cyclical and how this is, oh, this is the evil men do and it keeps repeating yeah, itself. it's like, I mean, that was the, I think, ultimately the theme of the book is like, you're not cursed by the Black Rock witch, you're cursed by being a citizen of Black Rock. Because you're a human and you're a bigot and, and you're susceptible. And this is what you are yeah. in this society and like, this is, we're going to show <laughs> I agree. Um, 
one thing we're kind of wrapping up here. So let's give kind of our final thoughts and then we're going to end with our appeal score. How, what should we give this? Five beef pâtés? Oh, God. Well, they're the goose pâtés. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Or, were they even goose? I don't even know. How about they, that point? They Meat said pate. they were Griselda. goose pâtés. Yeah. A Griselda pâté. A Griselda pâté. A Griselda pâté. Which we actually got some pâté. Yeah. Uh, it was Needs all a of lot our of first. cheese. Yeah. Mm. I did not try the pâté. I could not even just looking at it. I said no. No, 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 thank you. So kind of my final thoughts is um, I find a lot of value to this book. And I think a lot of different people are going to interpret this many different ways. They're going to get a lot of stuff out of it. And I think that's fantastic. I think a lot of people who are not super into horror will get things out of this and will feel a connection to this book. I love anything that is Americana folklore. And I appreciate this book was written and originally set in um, the Netherlands. And then he set it here and gave us some American history stuff to this because we are a young country. And I love anything that is a mythos, a folklore for America. Um, I think that makes it very rich. I'm going to give this book, I'm going to give it four out of five Griselda pâtés. I... I can't say it's perfect. There was some stuff. I wish he would have leaned one way or the other, given us a little bit more solid evidence. But I still really enjoyed my time with this book. Jen? Um, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Griselda Pates. The more I sit with the end of this book, like it took a, it took a pate away. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think it's a re- overall like a really good story and like fun and for folkloric and kind of has that Americana feel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he was trying to send like a deeper message that like maybe if gotten lost a little bit in translation. Um, I'd be really curious to read the Dutch version. I'll have to learn another language to do so, but same, yeah, yeah. But I, I hear it's a totally different book. I'd be interested, <laughs> yeah, Scott. I think the book definitely takes a large shift halfway through the book, which does make it hard to grade because it does feel like two books. I think the ending is really strong and has tones of mother and other really suggestive and and image heavy uh uh themes. I guess. <laughs> um, I am giving this four uh, Griselda pate slices <laughs> with a with a little bit extra as well. A little Ooh. peacock pate. Yeah, with, with with a peacock on top. A little feather stuck on top. I'm tempted to give this five, but oh wow, that's fantastic for you from horror. Yeah, I, I think that the ending is a little abrupt. Especially hearing how the two of you felt. I felt that it was set up very well from about the halfway point to the end. I just, I just want, like, I want a big bad. She wants bigger, badder evil. Yeah. Bigger, better woman. But yeah, I, I guess officially I, I would call it four and a half slices of pate out of five. With a peacock feather yeah. for garnish. Peacock feather garnish on top. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. And thank you, Jen. Yay! for having me we're so happy to have you uh thank you all for listening and as always grab a scary book and read past your bedtime (laughs) 